Friday, State of the State Address. A little bit later on by uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, the focus. Uh, probably trying, I, was, I would think one of the things to focus, is, focus on would be to keep people within the confines of New York State and not have them go other places uh, far south. Here to discuss is New York State Senator Anthony Palumbo. Uh, pretty much uh, doing it all, presiding over the uh, first uh, senatorial in fine fashion. Senator, how are you? How are you feeling? All right? I'm well, my friend. Good morning. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you, Jay. Thanks for having me. Great having you. Great to talk with you. As Kathy Hochul prepares for this uh, uh, state of the state, what are we going to be enlightened to in your estimation? Well, I, I, she's been hinting... Um, that she may even sound, to a moderate extent, a very limited extent, like my conference, like the Republican conference, because she realizes that um, in a state that is overwhelmingly Democrat, when you think of the enrollment in the state of New York, half, 49. I think six or seven percent of registered voters are Democrat. There are more independent voters than Republican. There are twenty, about twenty-two percent registered of, of the registry in New York is, is Republican. And she almost lost to Lee Zeldin. So what does that tell you, particularly for areas like where we live, where she overwhelmingly lost, um, again, in a state that uh, Democrats, you should run a, cup of, uh, a coffee mug as a Democrat, and they should win in New York State. I think she's realized that those policies that the Democrat controlled since they took control of the Senate um, since 2019, legislature uh, the, the legislature in both houses then became uh, Democrat, and even Andrew Cuomo, who claimed to be somewhat of a moderate, those policies are failing, and that New Yorkers are leaving in droves. I heard that on your lead-in. That what can we do to keep people here? Well, it's pretty easy. We can make it more affordable. We can make it the great state that it once was, with public safety. And, you know, there's bickering and back and forth about, oh, it's just perceived, numbers are down, murders are down. But if you look at these numbers year to year, they're overwhelmingly up. Um, there's a, a, a sad lack of support generally for law enforcement. Um, it's just the list goes on. But I hope to hear that there are the you know primary goals, as uh, we should always have in focus, which are public safety, um, you know, affordability, those types of priorities that we cannot actually, uh, you know, continue to, to, to go down this path of progressiveness um, and think that people are, are, are happy about it. You know, sadly, New York City is its own animal. I mean, the place has gone into, it's, it's spiraled into the abyss. And, uh, and speaking of that governor's race, about 70% of, of people in the four boroughs in Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, and Queens uh, voted for the status quo. So shame on them. I guess they get what they vote for. But for the rest of us, we're not happy with the direction the state is going. And uh, polls have overwhelmingly showed that. So you know, I hope to hear that her priorities are um, you know, public safety, number one, affordability, not driving people out with all of these, you know, crazy policies, and not saying out loud, like Governor Hochul did, that just move to Florida already. Just get the heck out of here. 
Um, I mean, that's just awful. I know that was a slip of the tongue, I would expect. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to hear that, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to tone this down a significant amount and start thinking about priorities that are good for the people, not for, you know, public interests and uh, progressive activist groups. Colombo with us, state senator. Uh, you know, you talk about the disingenuous nature of it all, and I spoke about this with legislator John Ferretti, who came on talking about the number of thefts now of these cars. You know, you fill up at the station, these guys just, as brazen as it sounds, just get in the car and drive off, even with the, uh, you know, with the uh, gas uh, being pumped into the car at that time. It happened to Mercedes on Sunday in Westbury. I'll tell you, uh, Senator, it is unbelievable. Now, I say disingenuous because I'm very happy, by the way. Very happy you got a pay raise. Uh, I got to bring it up. I told that to D. Murray yesterday. But quite frankly, you know, there could have been a few concessions thrown in there. You know what? We'll talk pay raise. Can we talk uh, maybe keeping dangerous people behind bars? You know, that type of thing. You didn't get any of that. And I say that because a lot of these guys, that you know, with the car thefts, they're, they're back out on the street again doing their work. You know, I mean, there's got to be a little give and take. Isn't there such a thing called, you know well, called negotiation uh, in life? You didn't get that as far as Kathy Hochul was concerned. You know, she could have she could have actually uh, made a stance of some kind, you know? Well, you know, you, you think about her predecessor, and, you know, I know it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, to look backwards at that administration. But the one thing that guy was good at was being a bully and using his position. Because I think that uh, Governor Hulk learned very quickly that this is not a game of beanbag. That the legislature, particularly the Senate, it seems now, because I've spent seven years in the Assembly, as you know, um, and we have a brazen, brand-new majority in the Senate where it's all quite raw. And they have an axe to grind. They're nasty. They're rude. Just yesterday, we were debating some outrageous election bills that uh, required only four areas where, only four counties where you can bring a a challenge to um, an election. So Westchester, Albany, Erie, and New York City. So if you're at the St. Lawrence River, you have to drive four hours instead of just going to your local Supreme Court. You need to come down to Albany. So they have crazy ideas like this. And we were beating the heck out of them so badly that, that the members on the Democrat side started getting angry. And they were being sarcastic and rude. And, um, you know, Mike Gianaris, the, the majority, uh, deputy majority leader, was like, well, it looks like just the Republicans want to suppress votes. And the Democrats, and he just got all angry and lost his cool and started just acting like a child, a petulant child, just angry, stomping his feet. That, you know, and got into the whole politics of it, that Republicans are the devil, and the Democrats, we obviously just want freedom. And it's the, the, obviously the complete opposite. But, you know, that's, I think, the wrinkle that the Senate majority is, is playing hard. And I think the governor thought, you know what, I'll give them a raise. They've been asking for it for years. And it'll all be hunky-dory. I'll get my judge nominee, Hector LaSalle, my Court of Appeals nominee, um, you know, who has an impeccable record, we're, gonna, we're just going to slide him right through, and now they're actively battling against him. Um, you know, the list goes on between that and, um, you know, the Buffalo Bills Stadium, I think you saw that right before the budget last year. 
he says about five days before April first. Oh, we've got a we've got a stadium, everyone, and the bomb went off, and the Chumas didn't get it because they said, "Oh no, 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 that's not how we play this game." But she needs to use the leverage the way it was, you know, the way that her predecessor did in order to get anything done, or at least tone things down from this progressive push from New York City. That's the real wrinkle that they will go. They will leapfrog as far left as they can get away with, and she needs to be as crazy as it sounds. The governor, who's a Democrat, <laughs> needs to be the voice of reason. And even look at Eric Adams, a man who was a, was a liberal senator. He's now complaining about the crime problem. So I guess at the end of the day, and, and just I'm speaking globally with a broad stroke, but when you think about the way that that, that negotiation went, there was no negotiation. She should have walked in and said, wonderful. You guys want to raise? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to confirm my judge first. Very simple. We'll have a judiciary hearing or a finance committee hearing, and then uh, we'll go right to the floor. We can vote on that. We can make the appropriate changes, I think, to the criminal justice reform. And then I'll sign your bill last. How's that sound? And that's the way it should have been done. But unfortunately, now she's behind the eight ball, and there's no leverage until the budget for pretty much anything. And I don't think the Senate's even going to listen to, to her because they are, they're bullies. They have become the new bully in the room. Um, and, and she's outnumbered. So um, this was a very tough lesson, I think, in uh, hardball, hardball politics because that's how it's played in New York. And, um, you know, I, I just, I hope that she can rein these folks in because, you know, we fight like all heck, but we just don't have the vote, right? New York increased our conference um, by one member. So, again, I guess they get what they vote for. We thought we really had a path to the majority again. But, uh, you know, now we're, what, 11 seats away. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait another cycle or many more cycles in order to get the majority back and have some balance. Um, but, you know, in, in the, in just in government in general, dissenting voices um, and, you know, is, is, are, they're a good thing. That sort of discussion open-minded discussion with all stakeholders and people with opposite views usually leads to a, a reasonable middle. When you control the levels of power in Albany, yeah, that's what it's all about, I tell you. Uh, the disparity in common sense thinking is immense, you know, especially after you hear the Assembly Speaker call Hasty yesterday, kind of signaling uh, maybe pushing for another minimum wage hike, maybe wanting a broad approach to stemming crime, not focused solely on policing, of course. Because individuals like Carl Hastie still think uh, policing is a bad thing, you know. We should have less police yeah. out there, you know. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get warm and fuzzy over this uh, address later on. To be honest with you, I mean, you look at everything involved, Tony. You know, economic activity that has declined. Crime has increased. People are leaving the state left and right here. You know, the the aftermath of the pandemic, the record inflation, the costs on everything. You know, buying groceries, getting gas, uh, heating fuels. Uh, you know, it, it is it is unbelievable. Uh, there's no end in sight, really, no end in sight. You want to bring up the migrants coming into the city, not really focusing on, you know what, Mr. President, hold the line, please. We can't afford it anymore. We already have problems here with deficit and everything. We're going to bring in, you know, tens of thousands of individuals here. You know what? It's completely out of control. 
And until you have that common sense restored, I don't have a lot of hope, unfortunately, Senator Palumbo. Sadly, neither do I. And and you know me. We've known each other for many years. I've been on your show for many years. But I'm, I'm generally, in, in many respects, I'm a pretty moderate guy. But when it comes to government and government, the all-knowing, you know, government being uh, the control, the, the be-all, end-all of life, um, that's where I turn into a, a staunch conservative. Less government is more. And that's the problem. Just like you said, Carl Hasty talking about raising the minimum wage. We're not even out of this disaster for businesses that was the pandemic. And and again, government control, mandate, mandate, mandate. You have to shut down. You can't open all the you know everyone all the lockdowns. But don't worry, if you're a big box like Walmart and TJ Maxx and all these other huge companies, you, Home Depot, you can stay open. The little guy, the mom and pop, who isn't a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, they need to shut down. How dare you? We're going to write you a ticket and maybe even arrest somebody. You walk into that building, but don't worry. You can congregate hundreds of you in a giant Home Depot and continue to buy products. It made absolutely no sense to me. And we've lost one-third at least of the businesses in New York City, and they're a long way from coming back. So you're going to put another mandate on these companies. I don't know if you've seen recently, I just saw a special where they have a brand new employee in uh, some of these fast food restaurants. I know we have the kiosk employee. That's the first one that came when they raised the minimum wage last time. Now they have robots that can dunk fries and do the cooking. So why wouldn't you invest? Business, business owners are going to figure it out. Because I was speaking with um, an owner of some fast food restaurants. And he said, our margins are, are between 6 and 7%. They're that tight. So when they raise payroll costs by 20%, what do you think happens to those margins? I go out of business. I'm not going to operate to pay everyone and not pay myself. I'm sorry. That's just the way it works in business. People don't do that. That's capitalism. I know they don't like that either. But that's the way of the world right now in, in America. So the more mandates you, you, you slap on these businesses, the more it adversely affects the little guy, that's what just blows my mind because the statistics are there that the it disproportionately affects the working class people, the middle to lower class people. The people of color are more adversely affected by raising the minimum wage because the owners either do the work themselves or they figure out how to automate or cut costs in other areas. And they don't hire that person now. So it's just so counterintuitive. And, you know, for smart people, because there are a lot of smart people, believe it or not, in the legislature, many of them Ivy League educated, um, they're quite stupid when you, when you think it through. Like, how do you not actually just believe these numbers? Because that's what it says, and that's the truth. If you speak to any business owner, and you just look with your own eyes, that you look right now on the throughway, right after they raised the minimum wage, there were kiosks and all the fast food restaurants where you would place your order. They actually probably just fired one or two more people, put in the kiosk, and the results were the same as far as profit margin. It's unbelievable, it really is. Anthony Palumbo, uh, can't thank you enough, my friend, for a couple of minutes. The state of the state, uh, I think it's about 1 o'clock 
this afternoon uh, up there in Albany. So we'll keep an eye on things and uh, go over everything tomorrow. Sir, uh, for a quick addition on the morning show, we appreciate uh, we appreciate your contributions. 